So last Monday, when I kind of sat down to figure out what to do with this Bible message, I had a couple stories, you know, Jesus and how that relates to missions. But I kept coming back to these verses in Romans. And Romans is the sixth book of the New Testament, and they're in your message notes, and they'll also be on the screen behind me. But it's Romans 12, 6 through 8. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy, according to the proportion of his faith. If service in his serving, or he who teaches in his teaching, or he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. All right. Have you ever known someone who had a passion so great, he or she thought everybody around that person should have that same passion? And if you didn't, or it wasn't as strong, maybe you were judged as not caring and maybe looked down upon, even though you have your own passions. Last week, I was watching this kid show with my son. He was more watching it. I was kind of in and out of sleep, but watching it. And the father looked at the son and says, all right, it's time to play football. You're going to play football for high school. And the kid finally was like, I don't want to play football. I want to play music. And the dad said, your father or your grandfather played football? I played football. It's a family tradition. You are going to play football. And that reminded me of a recent conversation I had with my own son, Gabe, this last spring, where he came up and said, I want to play baseball. And this is after he loves basketball and soccer. So this is, I mean, before he could walk and talk, he had a Nerf ball trying to throw it into a basket. When he was able to walk and figured out he could kick it, soccer became his passion. But for some reason... Baseball. He wanted to try because a lot of his friends were playing baseball, and he knew I loved baseball. First practice ended. We get in the car, and he says, and I quote, Dad, I never want to play this sport again. It, it's so boring. I turned around, and I said, Son, your grandfather played baseball? I played baseball. You're... I did not say that. Um, I said, you know, buddy, that's okay. I go, you have to play this time because we signed you up and your team is counting on you to be there. But after this season, you will never have to play baseball again if you don't want to. Switch to golf. <laughs> Even more boring, I'm sure, for him. <laughs> but he looked at me and he goes, but dad, you will be mad and sad because I don't like baseball and you love baseball. And it just, you know, it, it hits you because you're like, my son is different than me. He has different passions than me. He has different gifts than me. And so, you know, I said, you're your own, you are your own person. And you will have different things you like, and you will have different things you want to do. I would rather you do something you love to do than do something you hate to do, but maybe I love to do. God has given us passions and gifts. And it's great that we have passions. It what makes us motive, or what motivates us to do something or to change something. And the wonderful thing about God and being made in His image is that He has given us gifts. He has given all of us gifts and given all of us passions to do something. Some of those may be different than others, and some of those may be the same as others. But we all have been given a gift. 
In Romans 12, 6, we go back there. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. Differ. We all have gifts, and those gifts may differ. This is why people work at the food bank behind us. This is why people want to be on the worship band. This is why people want to be greeters, work in the sound booth, work with kids. Or with me, my passion has always been missions. I want you to think about, if you've never thought about, just think about what passion or what gift God has given you. And think about how you can exercise that. But we'll go back to missions. Matthew 28, 18 through 20 is known in the Bible as the Great Commission. And again, you can follow along in your message notes or follow along behind me. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, spoke to his disciples. So Jesus came spoke, speaking to his disciples, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, for you exercising your gift for the Great Commission, this could be done here at church. This could be your neighbor. This could be your community, your city, your state, your country, or you may have a passion to want to go to a different country. And if missions is your passion, I just ask that you pray to God to seek what it is he wants you to do, whether that's go on one of the trips, whether that's be a leader to one of the youth trips, whether that's help with fundraising or doing anything. And you can come talk to me after that. We can help get you going with that. But if your gift is something else, whether it's like worship or whether it's doing some of these community activities like the Christmas tree lighting or Easter egg hunts, please, please exercise your gift. Most of us are not called to go overseas or go live in a different country for an extended period of time. And this is why we have a sister church in San Bartolo. And this is why we send groups down from Silver Creek for short-term trips. We cannot do what Pastor Frankel and their church is doing in their community with telling other people about Jesus. But we can partner with them instead of trying to compete with them. And that's all part of the Great Commission. So we recently had two trips. A youth trip focused going to San Francisco, and we had a small group that just went and came home from El Salvador. And so we're going to have a little question and answer to know exactly what they did, what maybe how they grew and what they saw. So I just invite Elizabeth, who went to El Salvador, and David and Gretchen Grisham, who led the youth to San Francisco, to come up and talk about their experiences. All right, so we'll start with Elizabeth. Put you on the studio, okay? <laughs> no, it's not. Um, so 
yes, had an awesome privilege of being able to go and represent you guys in, in San Bartolo and be able to report back some of what we did. We jumped into being a sister church three years ago, three and a half years ago. Uh, we met, as you know, with Pastor Oscar um, on Valentine's Day and heard about everything that they were doing in San Bartolo. And we decided this was an amazing fit for our church where we needed to be involved in missions where it was very tangible and we could have relationships and we could go and we could serve and um, we could continue to be a part and grow in our relationships and understand what their issues are and how we could support them better. And so we had the privilege of, of coming alongside of this incredible church and being a little bit of, of what, a part of what they're doing, either financially supporting or through prayer support or sending teams. Um, <clears throat> we are in the middle of a new transition, and that is that Brent and I were kind of the ones that started this, this ball rolling um, and were the initial points of contact. But in the last year, we've added Gary on staff as our missions director, and his focus has been uh, locally but also internationally. So by bringing him on in this role, it allows us to be in better communication, to understand the needs, um, to be able to be more present in that relationship and in helping organize all the details that are required in making something like this a reality. So this was a great opportunity step for us as a church to be able to go and escalate Gary and, and present him to the church in Zampartolo as our, as our point of contact. And um, it, it went well. And I feel like he's been well established. They love him to pieces, of course. So um, that was a great foundational piece that was put in place. In addition to that, we didn't send a team that was highly construction or um, that had huge skills as far as being able to knock down walls. We left that guy here, Pat. Um, <laughs> but we'll get him again in the future. Um, but what we did take was a team that was looking to connect relationally with the people in Zambartolo to um, get to know them, to communicate with them, to practice our Spanish and them practice their English and us talk about how much we care for each other and how much we're praying for each other and share life and experiences. And um, that was really the core reason that we went. Um, one of the things that we were able to do was also uh, see what they're doing with some of the resources that we have been able to provide dollars-wise. And they took us on a tour of their building and showed us all of the improvements that have been made. And one of the really exciting things is when we were there three years ago um, to visit for the first time, they had their computer room, which serves about 400 children and their church and their community. And it's only about 10 compu computers, so it's highly used. And it's in, the, it's in the back of the worship center. It takes up valuable space. And it's just behind a wall partition. It, the computers are in extreme heat. The room is really, really hot because of the heat that the computers generate. And the goal was to um, repossess that, that space for growth in their worship services. So this was Oscar's, or Pastor Oscar's goal and hope and dream and vision for that to be moved. And we actually got to see that happen this trip. Um, when we arrived, we were taken on a tour, and we were shown a new space, 450 square feet of new, brand new building, and it's attached to their, they were able to come up with a creative way in adding the space, um, and in doing so, they're going to be able to serve their, their church, their school, and their community, individuals that may not have access to technology. Um, they're going to be putting air conditioning in there, so the computers will hopefully last a lot longer, and so 10 computers, um, Brand new space, and it was awesome. They're so excited, and it's going to serve uh, in so many different ways and in capacity. So that was one of the huge ways that we saw. It's the project that they're still continuing to finish. There's no electricity to the room. There's no air conditioning, and there's very few computers that are worth transitioning. So uh, they told us that the, the project in total was going to be $10,000, and that was going to pay. I'll just have it written down real quick. 
$3,100 for electrical supply. Air conditioning is about $2,400. And I can tell you, this is the only room in San Bartolo that I think has air conditioning. So it's amazing. It's going to be amazing. Um, and then they're adding a whole new set of fans to the preschool, which are off property and are run around 100 degrees during the day. The kids just sit in sweltering heat and are learning and are amazing and cheerful, and you're going to see them in a minute. But the fans will help substantially with bringing the heat, at least moving air through the space. So the dollars are about 10000 in total for new computers and all the, all the projects. We had $6,000 that had already accumulated because of you guys and because of your generosity that we were able to send on to them right away. We may have some additional dollars that we can send in the near future. Um, but we are going to continue to to go after this. They're going to, they're moving and they're going to start putting the AC and electrical in immediately. That's already paid for. So thank you so much for your, for your belief in them and your support of them. And I can tell you it's doing incredible things. Thank you. So David and Gretchen led the youth and survived to San Francisco. So I just wanted to ask them a few questions as far as why is it important to have our youth go on a trip outside their community like San Francisco? What challenges did your team experience and how did you respond or grow with those challenges? I'll go. So this was my first mission trip ever also. So I kind of felt like I was right there with the kids. I mean, sometimes you like to feel like younger than you are, right? But <laughs> so I think taking the kids all of us out of what we're used to, out of the privileges that we have every day, out of the comfort and the safety zone that we're in constantly. Um, and I say that because it's true, we're, we're where we are right now. And just um, stripping all of that away, it puts you in a really vulnerable place where your, your mind and your heart is opened up more than you ever thought it would be. Um, you just, you don't, you, you get homesick, you get exhausted. Um, but in being in that place, you're more susceptible to what's around you. And uh, it, it was a challenge at times because a lot of us weren't used to that. We're not used to the raw emotion that we're feeling when we're around these people and places that are so different from everything that we're used to. But in doing that, it, it helped transform us in our, you know, our hearts and our minds and just see what, what really is out there. You know, we're not used to the homelessness and the poverty that actually exist when we're on in our own little bubble here in in North Seattle mm -hmm. <laughs> or nor yeah, in north of Seattle but so that was for me one of the things that was so important was getting away from what we're used to we can continue to do things in this community but to have our eyes open to it in the first place we needed to kind of be stripped down to nothing I think <clears throat> I think one of the challenges that we faced was um, you know I we knew all these kids by name and by face and everything, but we didn't know these kids. And um, so 2,500 miles worth of driving in a 12-passenger van uh, with kids you didn't know. Um, I got to tell you, we have some amazing parents in this church because it, it, I don't think there's any way it could have gone any better with the kids. They were incredibly respectful. And Gretchen and I didn't want to be parents. We wanted to be part of this mission trip. A couple of times we had to be. But really, um, man, what a great group. And it was just a real, a real blessing. I think that the challenge that we had, that Gretchen and I felt, was that we wanted this to be impactful to the kids and impactful to ourselves. Um, Pastor Steve used to say, um, and probably still does, um, 
people don't listen to what Christians say. They watch how we live. And this was a chance to live our values. And we were not prepared. Seattle, we have poor neighborhoods. And we have, you know, the Central District, which has some crime and has some, you know, obviously can be dangerous and all that. But we don't have a tenderloin district like they have in San Francisco that is just dark and hopeless and full of despair and the need is overwhelming. And these kids walked through that area, very vulnerable, and realized we may be a few paychecks from being there ourselves. We all pray we aren't. But some of these people are there because they have diseases. Some of these people are there because of unfortunate circumstances. Some of these people are there because they don't know any better. It's what they've grown up in. But you know what? They're all God's children. Every last one of them. What do you think the greatest need is in San Francisco? Or what do you think, like your team kind of all, maybe not necessarily agreed on, but maybe saw the same? The homelessness and the poverty is more than you can even imagine. I mean, I mean the, the statistics were just jaw-dropping, really. Um, and how just little old us can make a difference in that. It was, it was amazing. Um, their need is just for basic human kindness and help. And um, a lot of these people, you know, one of the things they said is we can't go out and solve their problems, but we can be one person that contributes to their happiness and, and helping. And if a lot of people do that, then we make a big impact. So being that we kind of collectively did that as a group, I think that we help that need. And I, as I, I mentioned last service, one of the things I came back with was um, these people just want to feel <coughs> human and needed and accepted, no matter what makes them different. And one of the things that I had started doing and I talked to David about doing is when you see people here and they're roadside with their all belongings in a sign saying, you know, anything helps, smile at them. And we know somebody who did a study on this and she talked that the criteria was they needed to be on a street holding a sign asking for something. And they spoke to all of those people and each and every one of them said, just smile, just give me a smile. It, it just has that connection of you are worthy. You are somebody and I acknowledge you. Just that acknowledgement of somebody is huge in the lives of these people. I think um, being in ministry the last 11, 12 years, um, I've become aware of the number of people that have been hurt by the church. There's a lot out there, you guys. There's a lot in this room that ex have experienced hurt. We try very hard to be a place that is not that. And most of the time, we're pretty darn good at it. And sometimes we have some tough things to deal with. But we started our church, and this church exists to be a safe place for people to come experience God. The problem is that as believers and as a church, there are so many of us that are so far away from what Christ would do. We put politics 
opinions, lifestyles. Doesn't mean you can't have an opinion on things, but we're not the judges. And these people are, they're God's children too. They're God's creation. And they matter to him. And guess what? He loves the guy that's strung out on dope laying on the street corner in his own filth as much as he loves any of us. And the trick is trying to figure out how to get involved with being part of the solution for them without contributing to their problem, without being uh, you know, somebody that is, uh, what's that card called when you're an enabler. You don't want to be an enabler, but there are so many people out there trying to make a difference that we can get involved with. And not only in San Francisco, but right here in Seattle. We've got a food bank back here that I'm sure could use more volunteers. We've got places like Union Gospel Mission downtown that does amazing work. Millionaires Club does amazing work. So our challenge to the kids was in your own worlds, in your own lives, with your own time, how can you carve out enough time to set aside to, to help other people and to be Christ's hands and feet to our community. Thank you. Getting back to San Bartolo, what challenges did we experience? And how do you think we grew or responded to those challenges? Well, we had some really tangible challenges. One of them was that we didn't receive our luggage for five days after uh, arriving. So you arrive at the airport and you're ready for a new set of clothes now. And instead, we got to wait five days. And um, you're actually ready for new clothes like five minutes out of the shower. Yeah, down there, yeah, right? no yeah. kidding. Yeah, I mean, so we arrived in our travel clothes, and we had no idea that was going to be it for the next five days. But it was amazing to see this team respond just with grace and with maturity. And Jacob was the only one. I think we're all glad that Jacob had his clothes, actually, and the rest of us had to suffer. <laughs> um, Jacob was great. Uh, his arrived separately from ours. Anyway, we, we grew in ways that we had never expected, and that was in humility, in recognizing that our, if you're headed to a, a, a third-world country, the last thing you think you have, would want to deal with is no, none of your securities of home, none of your... You know, anything that is familiar or that you brought with you to make that a little easier, we didn't have that. We had the opportunity to meet people where we were at, to be humbled through the experience of um, not having everything we needed, and to make them the priority, and to make the relationships and the people and being present and in the moment. And we actually came to a point where it was less stressful to try to figure out what to take out for the day, because it was pretty much just this, you know, I mean, like, this is all we got. So, you know, you shower at night and wash your clothes, hang them up. The next day, you got your clothes again. So um, it was simple, and it was challenging, but it was, it was an amazing addition to the trip. So that was probably our biggest thing. Secondly, language barriers. But I can tell you that this team worked really hard, whether it was through charades or through broken Spanish or English or whatever to communicate. And I'd say that the people of San Bartolo are even working, they're working as well. They want to meet us halfway. They want to be able to, we want to communicate. And that happened really, really incredibly well this time. So that was really exciting. Um, heat, 90 degrees most days, 100% humidity. I mean, you feel like you got out of the shower most of the time. So it was, it's hot and you sympathize but it gives you a perspective of what these people live in every day. It's a challenge for them every single day. So um, I think that just gives great perspective when you're putting yourselves in their shoes. 
And then lastly, safety. God provided for us in incredible ways one more time. Um, the people of San Bartolo start praying for the team weeks before we arrive and pray that we'll, be, we'll arrive, that our whole time there will be without incident, and the respect of pa- Pastor Oscar in that community is beyond what we can really even comprehend, and the covering of prayer that we receive is hard to describe. Um, many services, we would stand for 20 minutes while they prayed over us individually, and it was, it's overwhelming every time. It's, it's absolutely incredible. So, those were some of the challenges, and I don't even know that they were challenges. They just were. They were just part of the experience. What do you think the group saw as far as like maybe a need in San Bartolo, and then even what can we be praying about with San Bartolo? <coughs> well, I'll preface, preface this by saying I took notes throughout the whole week and wrote down names and people and situations and ages and what they're dealing with. And if you have a special desire, if, you, if prayer is something that you're passionate about and you want to speak to me on the side, I'm happy to pass along names and you can speak, you know, pray on, on their behalf. A um, couple stories I want to share with you. Uh, first of all, there's a 16-year-old that recently started attending the church. Last year, he was in the gangs and like in the gangs. He was the killer in the community. And um, so he has since decided He's not interested in living this life anymore. He wants to break from it. So he's gone to the gang leader and said, I'm leaving this. And the only way that you can get out of the gangs is if you go to a church and you become a a believer. You're born again, start over, fresh slate. So he's been released from the gangs. He's under under the mentorship of an individual there um, named Marilyn uh, Duke. She's incredible. She has teenage boys of her own. And she's taken this boy under her wings. She's mentoring him. She's helping him finish school because he pretty much dropped out. And she's discipling him and teaching him about having spiritual, um, having a faith. And what does that even look like to, to be a Christ follower? And I can tell you, he is, he's broken. His heart is broken. His mind is broken. He's seen and done things that no one should ever have to experience. And he's 16 years old. Um, he's walking a fine line. His, his, um, the leash that he has is very short. If he messes up, the gangs will kill him because there's no opportunity for failure in this position. So he needs our prayers. He is not there yet, but he's, he's working hard, and the church is providing um, the love and concern and care for him that he needed and has needed and hasn't been able to find elsewhere. And it's happening, and it's exciting. He's bringing in some of his friends, but it is tenuous, and um, that's going to require a lot of us believing and praying on his behalf. Uh, Secondly, there's a family, um, three boys, the middle boy and youngest boy are in school. They're 17 and 14. They go to Eden, which is the school in San Bartolo, which is done by the church. Uh, The oldest brother has actually left the family and is a part of the gangs. Um, The middle brother was a part of the gangs, has has now left and come back to the school and is wanting to learn and continue in his education. Uh, His mother, their mother, is dying of HIV. Um, she has been very sick for a long time, and she's near the end. Um, she's the only family member that they have because the aunt that was sending funding from the United States also just died of, of um, HIV. So she, that supply of resources was recently cut off due to a death in the family. The mother's close to the end. And these boys, though, I didn't meet the younger brother, brother, but I met the middle son. He's full of life. He's creative. He's, he's an artisan. He makes jewelry. He's got a beautiful smile and um, just an encouragement to anybody that meets him and he wants so badly to pursue God 
and he's on that track. We don't know what's going to happen to him when his mom passes away, so we're going to do something. I don't know, I'm talking to Rosalba, what options there are, but be praying for him and his brother because all strikes are not in their favor at this point, but um, we know about him and we're in position to be able to make a difference in his life, and we're going to. Thank you. Thank you. Missions is just one thing, and if any of this kind of intrigued you or set your passion on fire, please talk to me afterwards. If you didn't and you're like, I can't do that and I will never do that, totally fine too, but just pray to God, what is it, what gift, what passion do you have? Because you have something to offer. Um, We're going to watch a video now of El Salvador. Thank you. 